I invite you to join me in prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Father, you are a great and glorious God. So Father, as we open up your word, we submit to your lordship, we submit to your kingship, we submit to your authority this evening, and we beg you to teach us. Father, if we purpose this evening to adore You, to worship You, to uh, orient our lives uh, toward You and Your glory and Your kingdom, Father, we must be teachable. And so, Father, I ask that You remove any distractions this evening from our hearts and from our minds and draw our attention to You and Your Word. And Father, as You show us and reveal Yourself to us, God, I pray that You would wean our affections off of this world and draw us to the sweetness of Your presence, the beauty of Your holiness, and the glory of Your grace. Father, this is not just any other night, but it is a night to where we exalt You. We worship You. We adore You. And that changes everything. In Your name we pray. Amen. Um, so, some of you guys might know that, that Pastor Ryan and I have... Uh, have went on the adventure of coaching fifth and sixth grade boys basketball. And uh, it has been quite the adventure. And one of the things that we already knew, but we are, are learning and God is teaching us through this, is that, you know, young men that age are, are not very teachable. Like, you know, he says, don't do this. They still do the thing that you don't want them to do. Do this, and then they don't do this. Or there's moments to where they do those things and then, they don't do those things. And, and I just thought as we were going into this season of Christmas, you know, we know all, everything there is to know about Christmas, right? I mean, some of us say, yes. You know, I've been to candlelight services. I've been to, hey, I've celebrated uh, uh, and worshiped uh, on Christmas Day in church. You know, we, we've done all of those things. But the question I have is, are we teachable? Because the Lord would have us to know Him more deeply tonight. And so tonight, I'm not going to share with you anything that you don't know. I'm not going to share with any, uh, you anything that you haven't heard before. But what I am calling you to is what I believe the Scriptures are calling to you, and that is a deeper, intimate relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so I just ask you just to humbly submit your heart and your life to Him. When I think about Christmas, like I love Christmas, um, and I'm a lot like Phil when it gets a little cold, I get a little pep in my step, uh, because um, I don't know, I like to hunt, so when it gets cold, that means hunting season's you know, in full swing, but also means like Christmas is here. And so uh, many would say, and even uh, wonderfully performed, that you know, it's, it is the most wonderful time of the year, right? Uh, it's filled with you know, 
uh, a wonderful meetings and holiday greetings and all of those things. It's a time of, uh, of family. It's a time of friendship. It's a time for food. It's a time for fun. It's a time for fancies. All of those things. And I say amen to all that, especially the food part, right? <laughs> amen and amen. Um, however, I think we could all agree, and I don't think anybody would be here tonight uh, if you didn't agree, that Christmas is way more than that, right? Christmas is way more than that. And, and tonight is all about calling you to more. I mean, that's, that's our desire at Redeemer, to call you to more. Not because you are less, but because we desire for you to experience the unspeakable joy the unspeakable joy and eternal peace of knowing Jesus more deeply. You could say, yes, amen, I believe in Jesus, but I, we want you to know Him and, and experience the unspeakable joy of knowing Him full of glory. The, 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 the eternal peace that passes all understanding. When this world is wrecked, flipped upside down, you have peace with God. And so therefore, you... Rest all of your life on that. So this evening, where do we turn? Where do we turn to help us, help us grow deeper into Christ? Well, first of all, we turn to the Word of God. And more specifically, we turn to Luke chapter 2. Because we are turning to the Christmas story. But our goal tonight is not to just read the Christmas story and for you and I to hear the Christmas story and say... Oh, how sweet, that little newborn baby in a manger. But our goal tonight is for you to hear this story and say, Oh, how glorious and gracious. That is our goal for you tonight. So after we read uh, the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2, I wanna, we're going to come back around and we're going to focus uh, our meditation on, on basically one event and one location within this story that I believe should not only instruct this Christmas season for you and I, but also instruct every aspect of our life. So are you guys ready? All right. Luke chapter 2, starting verse 1. In those days the decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quinarius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time for her to give birth, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. 
And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom He is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. I want us to take us to the fields. I want us to focus in. Tonight is not just a, just a, a sermon. It's, it's more of a meditation. Because I want us to, to meditate and focus our attention on the fields. And I want us to look at the lessons from the field. Because when we look at Luke chapter 2, and we look at verses 8 through 12, it takes us to a very interesting place. Right? We're in the manger, but also in that same region, there's something else going on. So it takes us to an interesting place. It takes us to the fields where this ordinary group of people is doing the same ordinary thing they do every ordinary night. But in the middle of their ordinary comes the extraordinary. When an angel of the Lord and the glory of the Lord appear to them and strike fear among them. Insomuch that the angel, the first thing the angel had to say was, fear not, fear not. And then this angel delivered the most joyful and good message that the Christ, the Messiah, has been born today. Now, I would love for us to stay right here and unpack this. You guys that know me know that I love this message. This gospel message. But I want us to move on to what happens next. This is the lesson from the field. Because what happens should instruct us today, should instruct us as we go through our Christmas activities and in through every aspect of our life. What did the messengers, what did the angels, what did the messengers of the good news of Jesus Christ do upon delivering their message? Verse 13, it says, Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God. They worshipped. The, the, the very thing, the very first thing that these angels did upon delivering the message that Jesus Christ, the, the long-awaited Messiah, has been born, was they worshipped. But why did they worship? Here's our instruction. I want us to look at what the angels said, what they did, and I want us to put ourselves in that position. Because I believe God is calling us and teaching us that this should be our response as well. First of all, we see 
that they worshipped Him because of who He is. They said, glory to God in the highest. Glory to God, they exclaimed. Glory to God in the highest. What are they saying? They are saying, listen, God is not some little God. He is not some little God that we pull out of the closet once a year. He is God in the highest. He is Creator God. He is the sustainer of life. He is the giver of life. He is the one true living God. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is the God who is loving, who is faithful, who is gracious. This is, this is a God. And He is worthy of all of our worship. The angels are standing back and realize that God is glorified through the birth of Christ. And they are in awe of His greatness to save His own. And this season, church, this season, people, I, I believe that the Lord would call us to worship God. Worship Him. Not because you have a job. Not just because you have a roof over your head. Not just because you have food on your table. Not just because you have presents under a tree. But because He is God. We cannot belittle the glory of God, church. We cannot put God in a box. He is the Creator of all. And we must recognize that as the angels recognize that and worship it. Don't miss the opportunity to ascribe worth to God because you're missing out on the joy uh, unspeakable and full of all glory. You're missing out on growing deeper in your relationship with Christ. So the first thing I, I, I want us to meditate on is the fact that we should worship Him because of who He is. It seems so simple, but yet so foreign. And I speak personally. (laughs) We get so caught up in the things of this world, the things of our life, that we miss the fact that God is the God in the highest. Glory and praise be to His name. The next meditation I want us to look at is a lesson from instruction from the angels. Is not only did they worship Him because of who He is, they also worshiped Him because of what He had done. It said, glory to God in the highest and on earth Peace among those with whom He is pleased. You see, God has done something uh, great and marvelous. And we must recognize that. We must fall on our, our face before that. Rather than leaving us in our sins, God has sent His Son to die for our sins. And therefore, bringing peace on earth. And what is being said here is, is not this peace that is uh, world peace or, or national peace or even peace within your own home. The peace that they are pronouncing is God's plan of peace through, through Jesus' life and His death and His ascension into heaven. The peace b- between rebellious sinners and a righteous King. This is the peace that they're proclaiming. Peace. Look, we all want peace in our homes. We all want peace in in our nation and peace across this, this globe. But let me tell you, the most important thing 
that the angels are declaring to you and I is this, the fact that we need to bow down before our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and worship Him because He has come. And He has come to live a life that you and I could not live. To die the death that we deserve. To pay the price on Calvary's cross that we deserve so that we might have forgiveness of sin and be restored and reconciled to the Father. This is the reason why we come. We read that from Isaiah 1-4 to where we are completely separated from God. We are destitute. We are in despair. But God has come to us to save us. And God is glorified through that. He is glorified through His birth. He's glorified through the life of Christ. He is glorified through the death of Christ. And the angels at this moment were in awe of God's grace to save His own. This is God's unmerited favor toward us. And this season... God is calling us to worship Him. Not because everything is okay at your job. Not because, oh, there is peace in your home. But because God has sent His Son into the world to redeem you, to rescue you, and to reconcile you to the Father forever. That's what Christmas is all about. And not only did they worship God for who He was and what He had done. Church, meditate on this with me. They also worship God because of why He done it. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom He is pleased. God did not have to send His Son. When I think about and I meditate on this, like what did I do? What did Joey Boyd do to deserve God's grace in the sending of His Son? I have worshipped other gods. I have lied. I have stolen. I have killed in my heart. I have bare false witness. I have coveted. What if what have I deserved <laughs> for God to send His own Son to rescue me? I've, I've, I've done nothing to deserve that. Matter of fact, I have, I have earned His, His righteous wrath is what I have earned. But listen to why He did it. As a righteous God, He had every right to wipe the slate completely clean. To to basically start all over again. He had that right as a righteous God, but He didn't do it. Instead, God reached out in mercy to save. He did it because it pleased Him to do it. God saved you, Mark Holden, because it pleased Him to save you. 
Daniel Brown, God saved you because it pleased Him to save you. The God who created the universe is pleased because He saved you. I think there, there's hardly any better way to sum it up than this. When, when God created the world and then He reclaimed the world in Jesus Christ, it's basically like this. It's His glory and our peace. It's, it's, it's His greatness and our joy. It is His beauty and it is our pleasure. And God's ultimate goal is to uphold and display His glory. Why? For the enjoyment of the redeemed. Because not only is it God's pleasure, but it's our joy. And the angels stood in awe of God's mercy to save. In this season, God would like to call you to worship Him and to enjoy Him forever. To worship Him and enjoy Him forever. Now, I was thinking about everything that, as a church, Redeemer, we've been walking through the last seven weeks. And, and if you were here this morning, uh, we had the, the summary of our, our series called Walk. And, and we learned that, that God has given us uh, has given us many responsibilities in this life that require our attention. But the highest priority, feel preach this, the highest priority that we have in life is worship. And when we look at Christmas and we meditate on the manger and we, when we look from the cradle to the cross, I think A.W. Tozer said it the best when he said Jesus was born of a virgin. He suffered and died on the cross. He rose from the grave to what? To make worshipers out of rebels. So, in this Christmas season, and in every aspect of your life, we would like to call you to the, less, to the, to, uh, call you to the lessons from the field which are this, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those whom he is, he, who He is pleased. In other words, as we just sang, glory to the newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. Worship Him for what He's done. Worship Him for why He has done it. Worship Him for who He is. If you're here tonight and you are walking through life and there is absolutely no peace and you're searching for it, there's no peace at home, there's no peace in your job, you look out at this country, and you see that there's no peace. Or maybe you're the direct opposite. Maybe you're like the children of Israel, the nation of Israel during Jeremiah's time when they said, peace, peace.
peace. Oh, there's peace everywhere. And Jeremiah said, you say peace, peace, when there is no peace. Maybe everything's going well in your life. No matter what place and part or what category you fit in, God is calling you to more. And the only way you can experience joy, the only way that you can experience true peace is found in Jesus Christ. He has come. And He's come to take away the sins of this world. He come to live a perfect life. To die a sacrificial death. To be buried in a borrowed tomb. To powerfully arise from the grave. To gloriously ascend to the heavens. So that you could have eternal life. And if you're a Christian here today. God is calling you to more. He's calling you to worship Him. And give Him the glory that's due His name. Ron, He is calling you to worship Him in the beauty of His holiness. He is calling you, Mary, to worship Him. Because He is faithful to His promises. Do not fear, <laughs> for the Savior has come.